1: Daryl's clever. Daryl's clever. Daryl's clever. Daryl's clever. Daryl's clever. Daryl's clever. We've got it. All right. So can do we have to restart, Daryl? Can we not just keep rolling? This is some good B-roll here. There you go. Keep going. All right. Lauren, this is my intro. This is my intro. Take to Toronto Real Estate Show. All right. So Lauren Haw is the CEO and broker of record at Casa. She is also one of the directors at Scholarhood and Rate Hub. She is super successful. She's part of the real estate industry. We bring on a lot of real estate people like salespeople and people who are, you know, in the industry, but you by far are the business side of real estate and you've got a much different perspective because it's not just about dealing with clients. It's about dealing with agents and dealing with the markets and, uh, you know, I've seen you on financial Post. you've got a lot of interviews on there, uh, and you know, you've got a great following. And I would say one of the best real estate purchases in the greater Toronto area has been Casa that, uh, you know, you made several years ago and, uh, your success today is, is proven it. So good work.
2: Yeah, Thanks. I hate intros, but I appreciate good. it. <laughs> so, I, so
1: I know Lauren from school and she was definitely a lot smarter than me, but that doesn't say that much. But uh, she was very good. You know, one of those people that you knew would be successful. And today, uh, today she's killing it. And we're going to talk some real estate, Lauren. Oh,
3: I didn't know you guys went to school together. That's good. That's cool.
1: High school. And now, and now she's more in the central Toronto area.
2: Yeah, we're in Riverdale right now.
1: Okay, Riverdale. Perfect. So east and central Toronto. Yeah. Right. It's a place to be. That's a good place. You place.
2: you You can't get too far away from, from Scarborough.
1: Exactly. That's like the upper, that's like high class Scarborough. You go no, no. into like the beach, the beaches in Riverdale. You're like every honestly, most people I talked to there, they grew up in Scarborough and then they moved to a more East end neighborhood. But you know, that's my small, my small narrow-minded uh, field of, of, of people that I know. So yeah. what's going on, Lauren, what's going on in the market? Oh, good We've got way. lots of listeners. I was Is, hoping
2: you, know, you would just lead with questions and I'd give you some um, opinions and none perfect. of in fact.
3: Well, oh, so so it. that that's that's perfect. I, I was on Zucasa this morning, actually, and nice. you know it's it. so everywhere you read, even on your site, but everywhere we read right now, we're talking about shortages of inventory, inventory levels at all-time lows, and then there's a button on your website that says new listings, and I pressed it, and there's like eight hundred new listings dated today. Yeah. So it seems that Zucasa has all of the listings across Canada. I didn't see too many in Toronto though. So I guess. uh,
2: (laughs) So, I mean, we have the Korea feed across Canada, and then we've got direct board access for all of Ontario. So anything in Ontario is perfect coverage, but um, we are, uh, I've actually applied to become a member in in Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. So we'll have those feeds.
3: Um,
2: The. I think we all know, I mean, I don't know where you guys are sitting right now, but I mean, it's no shocker. If it's, is this mainly a Toronto real estate show? Yes. That's a stupid question. We're
1: working on global that. domination, but uh, right yeah. now. Okay. haven't starting, starting, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're working on it.
2: So, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean the, the inventories you guys know, like we're at what two, two and a half weeks of inventory in Peel and Durham. Mm, um, wow. And I think we're at about five or six weeks for Toronto and New York. So, we've got a bit more leeway, um but that's really just price dependent, right so anything I don't know what you guys are seeing, but anything in that kind of eight hundred to one two one three it's doesn't
1: well, stay doesn't yeah, stay.
2: yeah. you can't it can't stick and and it goes for far too much so um, this is what we're seeing like if you didn't list anything in Durham today tomorrow, like we'd be out of listings by February first,
1: Wow. That's a that's a good way of looking at it. Like, if nobody else decides to sell, there will be nothing for sale It'll by the end of the month. Nothing
2: for sale for in yeah. Feb one anywhere in Peel. I think Halton's the same, but don't quote me. But I know in Peel and Durham, we are out of inventory by February.
3: Wow. So is this environment like from a buy, a seller's perspective? Is this an environment that is in like interesting or scary as hell? Like it seems it's scary as hell for both sides of the coin right now.
2: Totally. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I, I think you guys have been in it longer longer than me. But the um, January is always like this, and and the way that I always say it is, you know, everybody, nobody wakes up and says, "I'm selling my house today" or "I'm I'm going to move tomorrow," right? People make a plan, and this year I'm going to move. So everybody that's going to move between now and July is already shopping, right? So the hundred percent of buyers. That are going to buy a home between now and July are already looking. They're looking online. They're looking with their agents. They're they're out and about. They are they're active in the market, and all the sellers are waiting for their tulips to come in, right? So there's just you've got hundred percent of the like H 2022 buyers ready to go, and you have and you've got but he focused seller. on getting yeah. it listed. They're
1: all not saying, only not only do you these- need to
3: look first. And not only, I think, do you have 2022 buyers, you probably have people whose plans were like 2024, 2025, and they're like, holy shit, we better get in now.
2: I know, I know. and It's, yeah, it's definitely scary. And then um, on the sell side, um, it is interesting. Like, I, I think if you want to guarantee a pretty great price, right? If you want to guarantee 30 offers on your property, the next two weeks are going to be, I think, the lowest inventory of the year. So, And I do think prices will go up a bit, but I don't know by how much, like if you look in the past couple of years, you always see that January bump, right? So there's that big bump in January and things kind of rise a little bit till March break. And then the inventory hits the market and it plateaus a bit last year. We saw a little run up in December, but for the most part, like the big bump generally
1: happens in Q1.
3: But do we have inventory levels I think it's this the fear, low? Fear,
1: the fear, the fear of like January coming in. And now it's like, oh, it's like I gotta do something. And this year is my year. And yeah, the rush, the rush of buyers. And last year we definitely saw it. That's why we had that huge spike in sales. This year the, the sales mm-hmm. is lower than last year, but higher than 18, 19, 20. So mm-hmm. it means that you know we're still we're still doing okay.
2: Still a bumper right? crop. So some agents are starting to ask me about 20, like, is this 2017 again? You know, cause we, this feels a lot like 2017 where all of the agents are saying, what is going, I can't justify, I don't know. You know, yeah. someone says, what is this worth? Like,
1: I don't right? know. In December, it was worth- If you say, you know, we know you're lying.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right?
1: yeah. Like if you're like for sure, or like something <laughs> rule number Only one. inexperienced
2: agents that'll tell you the exact number right now. So because yeah. exactly. right now we can say, well, it was nine twenty in December, so it's probably one point two five right now.
1: I I put an offer in the other day in um uh, Dufferin and Saint Clair, yeah. and we went at we looked at the prices. We said, okay, it's going to go for a little more, and then be based on the number of offers, we're like, okay, someone's going to be stupid and pay much more than what the one sold for before and we went even above that and we lost everybody did the same thing though everybody was going i think somebody's gonna be really crazy we were paying too much money and it was like i don't even know if we were top three right and we're like 400 grand over asking there should be a
3: scoreboard at the
1: end right it's just stupid it's just i feel i don't like working with buyers and uh it's really hard to get you know, the conscience of telling someone to pay that much money is just, it's tough. And it, you don't sleep all at night. If they get it, you don't sleep all at night. If they don't get it, you don't sleep all at night. It's like, well, it's a lose, lose. The for the next day. Right.
2: Yeah. Now the next one, everyone's looking at that. And that's all I think about in this time of year is like, we're just setting the comps for spring market. Yeah. because there's nobody yeah. on that street. Now that's going to sell it for less,
1: not a chance. Right. And, and it's, so you said something really good there. You said in the next two weeks, it might be the most opportune time even though we know prices are going to go up more and i always talk about this if you got like a stigmatized property or a corner yeah. lot a busy yeah. street this is, this is the you, time you you may, you may you may get more money later on but it may take longer there may be less interest maybe they're going to want to do a home maybe inspection maybe but i'm just saying like there's little there's little risks that you take by going into a more balanced market because your property is not so great. But right now everybody's just buying anything and you could end up netting way more money because of that, right? If you so want to like, live in the area, right? Oh, no, the seller, not- right? Yeah. The seller. You
2: are going to get some outlier sales right now where people overpay for some things. If you're buying a, a property that isn't stigmatized in some way, you know, a busy street smells like any number of things, yeah. um, you know, doesn't have any parking.
1: Yep. That's mm-hmm. Another good one. No parking. I just it's listed one today, 1.2 in Parkdale or Roncesvalles, but border borders to Parkdale, no parking. Okay. I wonder if that's gonna be a factor, right? It's no problem today. Right. Green peas, <laughs> right? I put green peas three doors down in the listing. Like the over there for 20 bucks. What's the there's competition? A couple, there's a couple more expensive ones that are nicer and detached and all that stuff, but you know, this is the lowest price in the area. That's how you do it, right? Make sure everyone comes and sees yours before they look at anybody else's. Right. Mm-hmm. So Uh, I want to talk a lot about the business side. So, your brokerage, Zucasa, right? Mm -hmm. How many agents do you guys have now? We're at
2: 140, 145.
1: Huge brokerage. Huge. Okay. Uh, I know there's some big players out there, but that's a big brokerage.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're a big, we're, we're really a big team, right? Team. I
3: was going to say, is it a team or a brokerage?
2: It's a hybrid. So, like anybody that's at our brokerage, it's a, when you're doing deals, we're providing, we've got an inside team. Like I've got, nine guys that just scrub the leads so you're not awesome. getting the name number email we scrub appointment bookers in-house on salary with obviously commission bonus um and then they um so they're kind of lobbing them up but then unlike a team where you know somebody else's name on the sign that like gets your name on the sign and repeat referral is personal so so we've got this this hybrid
1: unique it's totally unique i think it's Future. It's 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 the, it's a modern brokerage. It's why you have 140 you know agents in a brokerage. It's mm. only been around for so many years, mm. um, and I, and I think it's great. We have a lot of agents who listen to our show. Actually, I'd say a good percentage, probably 20 percent of them. So if somebody's looking for a brokerage, what are some of the benefits of joining Zucasa?
2: I, yeah, I had no idea what I was walking into here. We're just opining on ran, random things, but uh, not that's, not welcome to the for- Toronto real estate show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 so I'm not I'm ready for a pitch here, but, but generally like we are, I mean, a lot of people say this, but we are actually picky about who, uh, who we bring on board. So because we're lobbing up meetings with actual clients, that's an opportunity cost to us. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, we make sure that people have, um, how do I put this? I, that is kind of a bit more fun. So I need to want to talk to you. Right. So if I, if I can have a conversation, hold a conversation with you and I like you, that is a big check in the direction, right? Cause there's lots of people with licenses that I mean power to them, but doesn't mean I want to talk, hang out with them every day. Um, and then I need to be intelligent. So I, I, I think that it is, um, it's a challenging role because everybody in their dog has a real estate license right now, but not everybody should be giving million dollar advice. So I, I need to be able to hold a conversation where people can answer questions as though they actually listened to the question. (laughs) Um, And, you know, they can understand math, they can make, they can help people make really big financial decisions. And so for us, it's about if that, if we check those two boxes, right, you're, you're enjoyable to speak to, you're intelligent. And then we, there's it feels like you're ethical like that. Unfortunately, you know, a couple of Google searches, we can find some no's, but some of that you kind of need to dance with people to, to learn. Um, we can teach you real estate, right? Like we can, we can teach you, go out and preview. We can teach you what to say to clients. We can teach you how like the ins and outs of the widget of real estate. Um, but in order, I think to be a great agent, you need to, you know, come from service. And, and so you need to be intelligent, be able to give advice and then, be kind of fun because you need to be personable. Although I've met some agents that aren't, that are quite successful. <laughs> you said uh,
3: you said th- the widget of real estate. What does that mean?
2: Oh, just meaning, I mean, we're, we're all in this real estate business, right? So houses are our product. If I worked at a paint store, I'd be selling paint. If I, you know, I work in the real estate store, so we are selling real estate. Um, but there are some people out there who are, uh, yeah, sell anything. So the widget of real estate, just meaning like that is our product, right? right. We are advisors on <laughs> a real estate transaction. So
3: that's the business. So, so, so a, a big thing in the news right now is demand versus supply. Which one is the problem? Like who are your clients right now? Who's, who's logging into Zucasa who's searching and who's buying through your company?
2: Yeah. So I mean the like the reality of our our model is we're capturing people that are searching online and then we're connecting them with our agents. So it's not dissimilar from Daryl. I'm sorry, I'm not where brokers brokerage are you at?
1: I'm not an agent. Daryl's a developer. Ah, you're, He's you're not the builder. A agent. Okay, but your yeah. wife's
2: an agent, right? Did I see that? No. Okay. Totally put my foot in my mouth. So Daryl gives I
1: advice was- like he is an agent. I though. speak okay. like yeah, he gives million dollar advice <laughs> <laughs> without the license. That's right. <laughs> okay Great. to myself yeah i know so, i'm i'm messing with them
2: but so i mean in terms of uh, how i break it down for my agents is there's two kinds of people in the world right there's the people that know you and it's a lot easier to do real estate transactions with them and there's people that don't know you and so you focus on both one or your your network your sphere as a traditional list would call it and you you know you work that sphere and you work people that know you and you hope that they trust you and that your advice and they use you as an agent then there's all the people that don't know you and there's many different ways to market to them right in the old days we had these open houses you know you could knock on doors (laughs) you could send those flyers that everybody. you guys do open houses Um, I mean, we're not right now, but uh, agents, But your
1: agents do it, but they understand that it's for prospecting purposes.
2: Totally. I mean, or at least, um, the difficulty is always talking to your, um, the sellers about understanding that. Right. And so most of the time, like where I found open houses helpful in the heat of the market back when you used to be allowed to have them is for those. It's more like, it's a, nobody's walking in off the street and buying an open house. Like that, that happens, I think the stats out of NAR, which is the National Association in the States, um, I think it's somewhere in the 1% to 3% range of homes will okay. actually sell from an open house like that. Um, they are, and so anytime you've got a seller you're doing a listing, like you tell them this open house is gonna get some foot, like nobody's walking in and buying it on the open house, right? Yeah. What it does provide, so if the agent wants to do one because they want to get that foot traffic to try and generate buy-side leads or nosy neighbor, other like listings in the area um the benefit to the person selling the house is as we know sometimes people do want to go back a second or third time right especially in the higher price points they want to go back and they can come back to an open house and not have to like bring their agent right so there are some some benefits but nobody's coming in and buying that house for, for the most
3: part so, so, but what I was getting at is, is the traffic that you create, is it local? Like, are you dealing with local yeah, people, yeah. So buyers, almost, or is it investors?
2: Yeah, so almost all of our traffic is, is local. Um, so local in those regions. I like it's people searching for addresses. It's people searching just, you know, homes for sale in Riverdale or whatnot. Um and like, we don't have an international <laughs> following, that's for sure. Uh, it's just people searching, searching for real estate, just like anybody else. So, I mean, there's lots of companies out there that generate leads online and it's all just a traffic game, right? So like come to the site, use the site, get the name, number, and email, and then connect them with an agent. So I believe out of the models um, like ours. And don't quote me on this, I don't follow too closely, but I believe we're the only one with a full inside department. So people get called immediately, they get connected with their agent that's the most likely to help yeah, them with the people that are gonna def- Definitely the
1: only one that I would that I would say is a brokerage that's not the name of the team leader's name and also yeah, allows the exactly having the ISAs working, you know, the the leads and then also allowing people to have their own individual business as well. Like it's very mm-hmm. unique. It's it's I'm not sure if that evolved. Um, you know, when Rogers owned Zucasa and you guys bought it off them, it was, I guess, similar, right? Like the, the, that's oh, yeah, what they were Rogers, doing, right?
2: Yeah. So when Rogers owned it, it was a it was more of a paper brokerage. So like a Zillow, right? So they generated leads, sold them or like a realtor.com, right? Because CA is very different. It wasn't a brokerage. Um, it was not so they it was like they, an they,
3: advertising uh, platform website. for it's, agents. Yeah. 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 Website. yeah. yeah. So they
2: were just they were generating leads and then they were participating. I think at the end it was 35 points. It might've been 40 on a sale. Um, Same thing, just kind of, but they could be anywhere. Right. So they had 600 agents across the country and they were doing some discounting. And the difficulty was in Canada, the boards don't, didn't like that because the board said um, the bird dog, no? Exactly. Like you have to, um, you have to participate in real estate. Yeah. Um, so you're not allowed to have this, like, you're not allowed to get the feed if you're not an actual brokerage. And if you're not actually participating listing homes, then
1: you're not allowed to. um, We are the most anti-competitive industry out there and we're good at it.
2: It's yeah, you said it. So (laughs) Um, when you,
1: when you started
3: Zutasa, the data wasn't available to everybody. Were you, were you one of the big proponents in getting that out to everybody.
2: I'll admit, I didn't like wave the flag and go in marching and spend a lot of time on that. But the second, like we were ready, so when sold data was allowed to be displayed, it was a took advantage
1: solution. of that. Yeah. I think I think you guys are leaders too in that. And I'm not. I don't follow this, and I don't know all the brokerages, and I don't know all the websites. I do use a couple websites because they're easier than Realtor.ca. I won't yeah, name I them, but I know Zucasa yeah. is is one of them. There's
2: a, yeah, there's a few out there that have some really great tech that were yeah, yeah like there's. And um, there's some really usable ones. There's some that have great apps. There's some like that. Have, exactly. yeah, so, yeah. It's um, faster
1: for me to get that information than it is for me to log in, get my stuff. So I i, I use them. But data wise, and Daryl's super techie, and uh, we talk a lot about technology. What type of tech right now is being the most helpful for you guys to be able to grow as a brokerage and support your agents? Hey, yeah,
2: great question. Um. We used to have our own CRM, so like proprietary in the back, but that is a huge lift from a technological build and maintenance, and it wasn't worth our time. So, you know, there's a little regret having bothered to do that. So, a little over a year ago, we just like hooked up to Fallout Boss and put everything in, so it's in the back end and it, it's all connected. Um, and so that change and allowing the. Uh, CRM company like we're a lead gen company right on the like on our online front facing um so allowing the CRM company to do what they do and do that very well has helped really helped to empower agents so it's it's kind of all about a suite right put it all together in a way that um that runs we
1: use follow-up bots too it's by far the best I've used other ones by far it's 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 a it's a game changer um and so on the lead gen side right Is this just something that you guys are just constantly adapting? You guys obviously have in-house people who are doing all your online stuff, right? So you guys are just constantly adapting like how to get more traffic, how to have more exactly
2: More traffic, more conversions when the traffic's on there. And then the, so then the sales side is just making sure that our agents are quite frankly, like I said, intelligent, ethical and good at winning on the bidding wars and negotiating on the sell side. Like what you guys will probably find or what you'd see TK at this point is, you know, sellers having that. Well, my house is going to sell itself. I'm going to get 30 offers. So why would I pay you full commission? Right. Or why would I pay you commission at all? Um, whereas in this market, you said, yeah, you have 30 offers. How do you know that that guy's actually paying you as much as they could? Like my experience and ability to help you level up the best offer and to kind of pit other offers against each other. And like that is where I'm adding my value because somebody who just takes what they get versus somebody who knows how to negotiate up in this market is going to earn their commission
1: back multi 10. many over pay for itself yeah 100 yeah. okay so yeah so le- leaders daryl like like zucasa definitely even what was your involvement in rate hub because i i use rate hub for all my mortgage everything so what yeah what was your I, can, I mean i can
2: take no credit for rate hub it's more um so i'm like in. uh i mean it we almost. i don't want to say we predated tech but like tech has been cool these days but like we bootstrapped that thing um it's my so my business partner so they also um, our owners and directors in SUCASA, but it's okay. totally separate operationally. So yeah. it's my best friends that are okay. still operational there. I'm on the board and early, early, early like investor.
1: Yeah. Cause even that's, yeah, levels ahead of everybody. Uh, uh, what well, Reina I mean, was the, doing. Like,
2: yeah, James and Alyssa running Right Hub, like they are, you gave me a nice introduction, but they're the smartest people I know. <laughs>
1: so, hey, um, everybody.
3: I'm just everybody trying to learn to do do keep,
2: keep up to them. So, <laughs> so how,
3: how did um, you know? How did you know that buying Zucasa rather than starting this, you must have had the idea of what you were going to do with it regardless. How did you know that buying this basically defunct idea of Rogers that you could use it to your advantage and how it would maybe propel you further quicker rather than yeah. you know starting from scratch?
2: Yeah, great question. So we started Rate Hub. So I, I invested in a mortgage brokerage called True North Mortgage um, back in 20, 2007 or eight. So it's the one in the path downtown. Um, and so very traditional walk-in. Um, Dan, who runs that, does a great job of online lead gen as well. Um, but then we were spending a lot of money on, um, on online leads on other platforms in the mortgage world. So my roommate and best friend, Alyssa, started Rate Hub. And, then, and that would have been 2010. And then um, I, we said, you know, what's another industry similar to mortgages where we can generate leads online and give them into, you know, otherwise commissioned salespeople. Um, and so I got my insurance license and my um, and my real estate license. And I'll be honest, I should have gone insurance because it's the be multiples in the business. If you don't talk business, the multiples in the business world um, are unreal in insurance. But I had a weird like, run in with a pretty sketchy character. It was my first thing with uh, insurance, it turned me off. So I just ran towards real estate. And um, so I was an agent for a couple of years at Remax and Keller Williams. And then at that point, Rate Hub was about five years old and we were doing really well generating leads online, selling, like, selling them through a, um, a brokerage offline. Um, and like Rogers puts the gas up for sale. And so for what we were able to buy it for, for the amount of traffic it already had,
1: it was brand they branded like that those hockey rink boards were on the rink for like two years afterwards He doesn't change it and i'm playing hockey still seeing them i'm like that was all free press
2: yes no yeah. uh, admittedly like what's interesting is the reason it didn't i mean I, I think i need to be careful what i say but part of the reason it didn't work with rogers is they're spending money on things like billboards and like a billboard works for you so if it's tk butler sells your house and you're here and it's local it works it doesn't work as well to drive online traffic by spending money on the blue jays arena like you have to spend an inordinate amount of money to make that work um and then, I mean, I've had three kids in the last five years. And so I admittedly wasn't, Whoa. I haven't been full-time. <laughs> so I didn't take full advantage in those first couple of years on, uh, um, on all of what could have been, so to speak. So in some ways, I just feel like I'm just getting started, but um, in many ways,
1: the more I'm sure you guys You made like, the right choice. Three kids, that's, that's the better choice. And you, I can, mean, you got lots cool. of time. you got lots of years ahead of you. We're young people. So lots of years to you know, yeah, yeah. find I hope, success well, in this.
2: You feel young?
1: I'm I'm still young. I'm like I'm like in the in the mind of a 25 year old. That's it. Not, I'm, not, I'm really, not giving up.
2: Really haggard these days. So good on you. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> <Brad. laughs>
1: so it's it's impressive. And and uh, we had uh, Tom's story on our show last week, and we were just kind of like bragging how he was on a list of some pretty elite people in the you know Toronto uh, real estate stats for 2021. Yeah. And there was a Zuccasa agent on there as well too. So like you have successful oh, yeah. people who like, are I killing a, it
2: we have three or four agents that did over a million in sales last year um, exactly yeah
1: that's so. you know impressive like that's you know for for any team for any team right for you mm-hmm. to have that type of volume and to have um
2: there's four i know there's definitely three that crossed a million last year but uh there might have been fourth
3: when you say sales you mean commissions
2: yeah yeah like gross commissions um yeah. coming in so um that's pretty good yeah, yeah.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Cause that's like an individual's uh, business plan, but in the, you know, the individual obviously has years of marketing and advertising dollars and huge expenses and all that kind of stuff. So to go on a team, you know, most of the teams when they advertise, they'll say, Hey, come and make, you know, a hundred grand a year and, yeah, and whatever, yeah. but for you to be able to have people who are all doing things uh, at a high level and competing with the brands that have been around forever. That's, that's, that's amazing.
2: Yeah. And I think what's interesting is, um, I'd love to say that everyone's going to get there at the brokerage, but if they're not. And a lot of people will start and say, well, how do I like, how do I be like Emma or Doug or Carlos? Right. And how, like, how do I make, how do I hit those numbers? And I think people think that there's some secret sauce, right? People think that there's some, um, you know, maybe they're getting better leads or whatever it is. And I, I'm Glen uh, Gary leads. If, if you've yeah, ever
1: yeah, seen yeah. that exactly. Glen Gary, Glen, exactly. Glen Ross, That's exactly
2: yeah. it. And like Carl, who Carl who started condos.ca, like he's a friend, and you know we'll talk about it because they they his team will say the same thing to him, right? Like, Oh, he's just getting better leads. And she's like, and the frustrating piece is like, no, you can, I mean, the nice ball boss, like you can look, Emma spent the most time on the phone last year. Like there's no, there's no secret sauce, just work harder, right? Like put in your hours. Um, It is shocking to me the number of people that will make phone calls and not prepare. Right. So not, not look up the address and spend the time (laughs) and do the research. And so my, um, our top producers are usually the most humble. Like they come to it from service. They come to it from, I need to work. They don't eat lunch. You know, it's not like there's no secret sauce in real estate. Just work harder.
1: I don't eat breakfast. So I'm I'm working my way up towards not eating lunch
2: or a time thing.
1: Yeah. Fasting thing, but I definitely find a shawarma at at least two o'clock every day (laughs) to make sure I'm I'm fueled.
2: So well between (laughs) two and three, I did that and it was unreal like i can't wait to stop nursing so i can fast
1: again. it works it works really good yeah
3: some days i some days i i am like did i eat anything today at (laughs) all like did i drink even i know i had like eight coffees but did i have any water
2: yeah right
1: like i just get in these what the hell happened the headache
2: tells you that you didn't right you start getting that headache and you
1: when you you... wake up from fainting yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. something (laughs) happened
3: I don't know why i have this migraine i don't know what's going on here so so, so what's that
1: are you a builder
3: i i was at one point in 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 a different lifetime
1: ah okay he he does development now he doesn't uh get involved in the construction side of things
2: okay so five lots sever permit kind of thing I'm just but, curious, what what are you buying? What, what could what a I'm more
3: like land and, and mid rise kind of thing at the moment. But I've I've bought like lots and, and built custom homes. I've I've,
0: yeah.
3: I've I've had a general contracting company. I've I actually owned a brokerage at one point. That was a disaster. I, I've done many things. I've tried many. I, I've worn many hats in the industry.
2: Right.
3: C- currently, just developing land.
2: So how are you buying? So, and I'm sorry to, to flip the table here. I'm no, just, flip it. I love it. Okay. What do you buy right now? Like if you're trying to say, I, I need a project, right? I, I'm starting from scratch. I need a project in 2022. You know, my I uh, my husband bid on one of TK's listings in, in December and I was like, I can't pay that. And he and I were talking, we're like, this is crazy. And now I'm like, fuck, I should have bought that. Yeah. I should have bought that, <laughs> right? Like, well, it's not
3: i got lucky i just bought a house with tk and we were lucky enough to get like a six month closing so i think i did okay just waiting to close on this thing right but as far as land is concerned i mean it's always hard to find a good deal yeah it's it's like you're saying lots of phone calls i i you you can't only look at stuff on the market because that's no good. So you just lots of phone calls, lots of talking to people, lots of networking and, uh, you know, having enough money to tie things up to figure them out when they become available. Right. Right. But it's a much, much different animal.
1: Daryl did a site in uh, Highland Creek, um, uh, military trail that Altree is now building on right in the little, um, Highland Creek area. And that site, like Ballantree Homes had it. um, So many other people were trying to figure out what to do. So Daryl was able to find a way to make sense of it all. Right. So sometimes the deals are out there and they're right in front of people, but it's the guy who's got the ideas on what to, what to do with the land on how to make them like, that's the value. And that's the stuff that I try to bring Daryl is things that maybe I'm not the, I'm not the first guy there, but you know, he sees like the highest density. And he sees what, you know, actually can be And then can also get there.
2: through the approvals process, right? So get it through, like, get the density approved, get the hookups and whatnot.
1: Or at least get it
3: far enough along that it's worth more to somebody else. That's, that's my MO. So, what, what, like, if I find something and I buy it, then I, I'm always trying to just sell it.
2: Get the next step.
3: Just, well, while pushing it along, I'll be trying to sell it simultaneously. Because it's as you're working it, it's always increasing in value. It's not like, I mean, I guess it's like a house that you would slowly renovate, but it's a, such a different animal. It's so crazy. But I mean, I'm always interested in the end user experience and what's going on out there. And mm-hmm. so, so I like to be tied into things for sure. I used, to, I used to be heavily involved with the sales of pre-construction units. Right.
2: In the condo got- world or, or mid-rise?
3: Condo, Yeah.
1: He's got some cool tech, too. So like virtual um, uh, at one point virtual reality uh, like tours and stuff like that too. but you know mm-hmm. now there's like floor plans and different stuff, too. We've been talking a lot about the metaverse and having, you know, nfts involved in real estate. and we went back for like a month straight, like all all the guests that we had on it was like, The metaverse, it's coming and the NFTs and how is it going to impact? And then Realm, Treb Treb announcing Realm, we were thought, oh, this is going to be such a step in the right direction. But it just seems like, no, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. And we haven't really been talking about it too much lately, (laughs) Daryl.
3: Oh, it's weird. It's like, I'm sure, I'm sure, um, I mean, you, you, do you consider your company a tech company? Or, or did you used to consider it a tech company or?
2: Well, I mean, I feel like you just answered that, but, um, but yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's what, what is a true tech company, right? So a true tech company might be something that um, only exists in cyberspace or something that um, um, builds actual microchips or something like in terms of when I look at most companies, they are all tech enabled services in some way right like it's it's more that the technology enables um enables a a real something that occurs in real life so um yes we're like we're we're a technology enabled um company and part of that is ours and then part of it is also kind of the universe that you surround your technology with so that it, it again, enables your agents to be the most successful. Cause one thing that like a lot of people on the outside don't necessarily understand is like our clients are our agents, right? So my, if you own a brokerage, your client is your agent, right? So that they are, they are my clients. And, and I know that if I take good care of them, they actually take good care of our combined clients. Yep, exactly. right and so and I have to think about and roll at the red carpet and treat my agents as my clients um, which means teaching them how to roll at the red carpet and work with our actual
1: to succeed right to meet their company. personal goals and, and everything else too which mm-hmm. is what we do with our buyers and sellers what is it exactly. that what is it that you need help with let me let me figure it out right
2: exactly
1: so, and so yeah. all, all the talk of this then like you know, crypto world, metaverse stuff, is that anything that, you know, your company looks at as being something that they would adopt? if So it I should say
2: yes, but admittedly, I am not the person to talk to about this. Right. Um, I'm pretty analog. Like, I don't have Facebook or Instagram or anything. Like, I am really old school <laughs> in some so, ways. So,
1: but is it something people bring to you ever? Like, is it ever normally, like a...
2: Normally, but I'm not the one to, so I won't be, let me just say this, I won't be leading the pact on the metaverse here, um, but I know there's already brokers doing it. I have a couple agents who are like already trading land, like not obviously through us. I wouldn't know how, and I'm not going to be the one to forge the way there. Um, but yeah, we had a holiday party. Ooh, just sneaked that one in. Um, but I snuck, <laughs> just snuck that one in. Um, mass, if- fully mass. Yeah. Yeah. And people, but people were talking about, um, um, yeah, trades that they were doing in this metaverse. Like I'm the personality type I'm at like biofarm farm outside Kitchener and grow some apples and live there. But <laughs> like this is, that is just, I will never get
1: there. I do that in the metaverse.
0: Get,
1: Way quicker. You can, yeah. You can do the apples. Well, the harvest will come every day if you want it. I don't actually know that but I feel oh, I feel God, like that no. that's how it would work. Yeah,
2: no, I want a real one. But.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that that makes sense. So you guys aren't a tech company per se because I I don't know what a tech company is, but you leverage no, as no, much think, technology think, as possible. I think I I, get it.
2: I think everybody's a tech company. Like everybody okay. is a um like whether you want to be or not right now. And so it's more, is there, I think when when I think of like tech company versus not tech company is, is there a scalability, right? So is your secret sauce scalable because of your technology? And so that's Mm -hmm. where our answer is yes. So we are about to turn on in Alberta and BC and I don't need to have a whole nother group, like I need agents there to service the leads, but I don't need to build invent the wheel, other. I don't exactly. Yeah. And so that yeah. scalability is where people give you the kind of tech side of things, right? Mm. So my, I don't need in order to go from 150 to 500 agents in the next two years, I don't need to go from my kind of like 10 marketing and dev people to 50, right? Maybe 15, right? It's just that's, it needs to be in my world how you kind of define that tech side is is your proprietary technology scalable um at an out like that outsized your the frontline staff which it is so that portion is the, is the the technology side but i don't have people like yeah using nfts and crypto and and like selling houses in the, not uh, many
1: people do that's not it's cool. no.
2: yeah it's, it's it's not it's not there, to, there yet it's not there yeah there there're totally people doing it Uh There's a
3: ton of people doing it, but at least it's on the radar. Like you're at least forward enough thinking to have it on the radar. A lot of people are just shrugging it off. Like it's stupid. It's nothing. It's not going to be a thing. And maybe they're right. Who knows right now? (laughs) But like,
1: we know nobody knows.
3: It's definitely something that should be on everybody's radar if they're serious about real estate.
2: Well, and totally, and let, let people have that. And if you, that is what makes you happy, like part of this haggard old age of mine, I'm also coming to the realization of like, what, what do you actually want to do, right? And how do you want to spend your time? And I just don't want to spend it looking at my apples on screen. <laughs> my preference <laughs> would be an orchard outside.
1: We can <laughs> so get you like, 10 times as many apples though, you know?
2: <laughs> they're not real. Like I just, this yeah. is, I, I break down there. But in terms of, um, you know, the ability to pay with crypto and those kinds of things, like I think that's going to become mainstream
1: For sure. already. And, and you're now like in the financial post um, uh, interviews that I've seen, uh, you know, you're talking about the Vancouver market. You know, you're you're obviously investing in with your analysts to be understanding the entire Canadian market, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So that's the growth I, that your company's hoping to have.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we we know what works for us here. We need to increase our agent headcount outside of the GTA. So about half of our agents right now are kind of Toronto four six. And mm-hmm. the other half are 905 and then also Ottawa, Kitchener, Waterloo, London, Barrie, Niagara. So we've got a lot more, like we've got about two to three times the number of leads we need for our current agent headcount just in Ontario. So then model that into some other, um, some other cities right now. This,
1: this is why I think Zucasa was one of the best real estate purchases. And I mean that, okay? Because TK Butler real estate team going mm-hmm. to Calgary, nobody cares about. And for me to go there and try to be TK Butler real estate team, they're going to say, who is this guy? But Zucasa, it's it's faceless. It's trusted brand. It's something that they, they're they familiar with maybe a little bit more or less, mm-hmm. depending on where it is. And then you're just you know utilizing the same tools that you use for lead generation here in all these other markets. And when John Smith shows up and he's with the Zucasa brand, that's a lot more credibility, right? Because it's like they're yeah, dealing think, with John Smith. Yeah.
2: I mean, I... Um... I think if I had a better ego, I'd be like, yeah. And here's all the reasons why. But the the reality is I, um, I'm i much better at beating myself up. And I think um, I would take the other side. If I look at the people, some of the people I respect the most in real estate right now, like, I don't know if you've seen or heard of Mark Ferris and Barry, yep. but he is running a good shop, right? And a yep. beautiful Big industry in Collingwood. And so I think he could open and run great processes in, um, in Calgary. Very but he's not. Well.
1: But he could. And, but, and, but and I, but no, but I don't think any other companies are
2: I, so, okay. Broker- so that, brokerages, maybe Ben Kinney, Ben Kinney started that kind of teams program. And, and so I just, I, I would take the other side that it's possible. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, so yes, we are doing something that is scalable because of the tech and that it needs to be faceless. So that, because for our model, the agent needs to have their own business. It just works that way. It is, it's more like we are competing with the REMAX, the Royal Page. Like we are competing with them for an agent offering. But I would just say you can run a really good business as TK Butler Real Estate and you absolutely can can expand, but- um,
3: It
1: costs a lot of money. It's going to cost- and,
2: and, You need a TV
1: show. You need to be like yeah,
2: Ryan. You need, uh,
3: you need to be on yeah. million dollar listing Toronto.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, Toronto. That's, that's what's going to work. <laughs> but, that, but, but like I said, the Zucasa brand to me is- what's going to be the leverage that you are going oh. to benefit from while you're going into other markets and stuff like that. So sure, let's, let's so. talk quickly about those other markets. Okay. Tell me about it. So Calgary, Edmonton, and you said another place you're looking to get your license. Oh, Vancouver.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I mean, being out and part of it's just population, right? So for us um, to go into somewhere, we need a certain amount of lead flow. It's a funnel, right? So it's inbound, you know, you need the lead flow to get the agents to to be able to do do the sales, so just it is easier for us to start where there's bigger populations, um, for many reasons, and so starting there. Now the uh, Western market's different; um, commissions are actually lower. Um, Alberta,
1: for sure. Vancouver, the same.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they do that the same kind of like certain percent up to 150 hundred yeah. and then it crazy it um so it's very different and so commissions are lower and then also commission splits to brokerages are even lower which is interesting because in toronto it's already very low compared to the states um so so just kind of looking at all of that and what does our offering then need to be to make it make business sense to be there because yeah. don't get me wrong like um i mean agent good agents have done very well these last couple of years and they've yes. been worth it. Like, I believe they're not, it, they're not it, hungry worth their advice. Um, yeah. But a lot of people also then paint everyone with the same brush. Whereas I, I, I think this is correct, but the, um, the number one profession that um, applies for bankruptcy is real estate agents. Cause everyone thinks like, well, you're going to go run, a, do a Lambo, but it's more like it is a, what, not an 80, 20, it's a 90, 10, 95, five kind of industry. Like the good ones are really good.
3: Yeah. And very, very rare.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, You have a few good years and then, and then it doesn't go as well. Um, Like in the eighties you know, we can't be talking too much about commissions here, but broker splits were 50, 50 right? My dad started in 83 and it was 50, 50, and they would pay for all your marketing and they would do all these things. And they'd send you on trips around the world for your sales. And it was like the most like family oriented businesses and everyone worked together. And it was such a great life growing up in the industry myself and my dad being in it. And it was like, Mm -hmm. everyone worked together, you know, and then all this competition between brokerages of trying to get people and agents trying to manage their own funds and marketing and stuff led to the, the, Race to the bottom, as well as the higher level of bankruptcies. There's just no like consistency and mm-hmm. accountability and the control that the team model brings. I'm on a team now for the first time, last three years mm-hmm. in in uh, almost 15 years of, of, of business, and it's like way better. My life is so much better. I got more time. I got more you know accountability. I got more organization. Like this is the way all agents should be. You should be on a team of some sort. And the problem is, agents go, but I don't want to pay more than three hundred and ninety nine dollars a month, or else you know it's not, or else I'll never make it. And it's like yeah. that's the wrong mindset. Then You're-
2: I could, yeah, and that's that's I mean where we are is this hybrid of a team and a brokerage because there's um, people need the stability and the mentorship and the, the kind of the coaching, the accountability. Very few people should be lone lone ducks, and it's really hard yeah. right now to try and be a one man band. Um, and so yeah so for us it's about that bringing it together and 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 we've kept it relatively small and very you know picky about who we bring on board for a reason because then you get to your point just good people who want to have a good life I want people I want our agents to be able to live in the neighborhoods that they serve which you would know this many agents are renters right so I want them to be able to actually afford homes in the areas that they 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 want to be
1: yeah that they want to be dealing in and you guys are spread out all over Ontario so you know that already like what it takes um bricks and mortar offices you have one one yes we've got
2: one we've got one downtown and admittedly um I'll say agents give a lot of lip service to wanting them but then don't never show up (laughs) 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 but I think there's some local ones and I think if it's a smaller team um then there's some cultures where you know you're expected to be in the office and i think it's healthy i mean mark ferris i believe used to at least i I don't know him so he would watch like if he's watching this i I just have a lot of respect but
1: probably is um, probably is yeah (laughs) sunday morning coffee this is what he watches that's right
2: um but you know there there are some cultures where coming to the office is is feasible um for us with with people across ontario it's not feasible for them to all come to the office and quite frankly our tech staff no longer wants to and this with the Pandemic, so it'll be interesting to see the future of office space for us. Um, but the virtual world for us has been great for small group coaching. And tr- like I was on with my agents this morning and agents across Ontario. And it's pretty cool that that's become normal.
3: It's it must have been anymore. easy for you guys to transition to work from home whenever you had to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot easier, I think, for us because we were, um, you know, we were already processing deposit checks. Remotely, right? We already had agents in London and Barry, so we'd already figured out the, the clients drop it off at a, at a broke, at a um, TV branch.
3: Were you working so, on Zoom already or some kind of video conference?
2: No, we no, embarrass- really. The- yeah used to for our training used to have we we'd bring in our so we hire a new agent in ottawa we'd bring them in for a couple days to do our in-house kind of onboarding training for a bit and then yes they would be on like on a zoom platform for the couple other days but it wasn't like now it's all zoom right and it's all um all of us a little bit yeah so so admittedly it forced better habits for us as well but in terms of even just check processing we at least were ready for that one. which made that a bit a bit better. But you were asked earlier, is it supply or demand? It's supply is the problem.
3: Thank you for coming back that's, there. We got <laughs> our
1: last 10 minutes. Let's focus on the market. Let's hear it. Let's go. Yeah, so
3: hold on a sec. Yeah. You just said it's a supply. Supply problem. Okay. And and that's why I was asking you who are your clientele? Because A lot of people say that it's a demand problem because we're bringing in all of the immigration and we're like just forcing this demand, right? But if everybody's dealing with local people, like most of the people I talk to, and I talk to a lot of agents, like they're not dealing with investors. They're all dealing with like local people trying to figure out where they're going to live. So, so, well, what's it going to look like in the next few months?
2: I think that the, the um, what is it, the spec tax was a really good example. Like it showed us where investment money was. Like when the spec tax came into BC, you saw a kind of a much bigger drop off in the number of sales as people figured that out. When it came into Ontario, you saw York region's prices plummet, right? And then they came, oh, they did and move. I believe Peel and, and Durham kind of stayed Relatively flat. Toronto went up that year. Twenty. What was it? Twenty seventeen. I think. Um, York region came down. What almost thirty percent of detached houses for a couple months there, but then popped back up over the next two or three years. So you can kind of point. You could point to where some more of the like foreign investment dollars were going, Um, and now that's kind of evened out. It's become the norm, or people found ways around it. Is I think the truth there. In terms of uh, population, I think it's, oh goodness, don't quote me exactly. I I was talking to somebody about this recently. Scotiabank, here, it's right here. Um, So Scotiabank did a study in 2020. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, so Canada has 424 housing units for every 1,000 people. 424 housing units for every 1,000 people. The G7 average in 2020 was 471.
3: How many people is that on average per, per space? Is that like two point
1: two point three?
2: Yeah. Two point little, I don't know, <laughs> and, um, but effectively, but you know, that's a, that's more than 10% less than your average G20 to put it into like real perspective. That means Canada needs 1.8 million more units to be the G7 average. So when you look at our our housing and people say it's the most overheated and you know no like even amongst G seven nations our prices don't make any sense. Well, if the average is four seventy one and we're four twenty four, like there there literally aren't enough homes for the people who actually live here.
1: We have the highest immigration rates.
2: Yeah, so we've got large immigration rates. They're coming most one in- percent
1: one percent a year. That's our immigration rate.
2: Yeah, and I and which is it would crazy. Be- like and we've got some catching up to do i think it's the pandemic right so um and we're not building it the same i mean daryl you've got to get out there and build more
3: i'm trying you should see (laughs) what but you should really see what we have to deal with to actually try and get some inventory online it's like here like aim aim for this well no over here over here right and it's constantly just this moving target that they're like You know, today, I think I'm going to interpret this this way. So, yeah, forget what I said, you know, five months ago when you had to wait five months for that last appointment. Remember that? Forget what we said then. That doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Now, Now and now you got to go, like, you know, pay uh, interest for another six months, wait for the next appointment, pay a bunch of consultants a bunch more money. Yeah, we don't care that you were within all of the guidelines that, you know, the taxpayers' Paid to create for you to follow that doesn't matter mm-hmm. this is what we're up against constantly yeah so we'll we'll follow the rules and they'll say no like you need to step it in here and you need to push it in there and these people want you to do this report and it's like
2: and then we're going to let the three neighbors on the street complain and blow it all up anyway
3: it, it, we have a guy who doesn't even live in Scarborough who like he he put in like this motion or I don't know what you do but he he put in this request for us to do this entire like street segment report which I mean doesn't sound too cheap to me I'm still waiting to hear what it's going to cost but I mean somebody else will pay for it at some point right because when I sell it it will be a factor in my sale price And when somebody buys it, it will be a factor in their future sale price. And that's just the way it's going to work. And if you really look behind the curtain, right, if this were Wizard of Oz and you could see what the Performa could be versus what it must be currently, it is an absolute travesty. The amount of money that's added to each unit for no reason at all.
2: Just for taxes. Bureaucracy and
3: baloney. Like, it, my property, for example, let's say costs 100000 a month in interest just to carry. So every four-month delay that we spend waiting, right, $400,000, that gets passed on. I guarantee you, like, that's just the way it works, right? Because everybody's looking for a return on these things, and everybody gets them. Maybe not as much as they wanted, or maybe way more than they ever expected, depending. Like guys who bought land three, four years ago, I guarantee you, like their performers are a joke. Like they're so, they did so much better than they thought.
2: My, uh, my difficulty, maybe again, this is me being a little too hard, but my difficulty talking to people in real estate right now is all, everybody thinks they're a genius. And like, it's just been a really good 20 years. <laughs> so. My,
3: my, I have a, a mentor of mine who said to me, and I've said it on the show many times, the market made us geniuses.
2: Yes. I love right. Right. Yes.
3: I love it. It stuck with Everybody me forever.
2: Credit for making the right decision in real estate. Like you couldn't make a wrong decision in real estate in the last 10 years, unless you, didn't. Uh, you kept waiting for it to fall. That's yeah, the old, exactly. Well, as long as you haven't sold decision. yet, you haven't made yeah. a wrong decision.
1: Yeah. Or well, you wait,
2: you're still waiting for it to drop.
3: Take it from yeah. experience. Speculation without equity at the wrong time is not a good recipe either for success. Yes. Yeah. Right. But there's a lot of people that do it when it gets frothy and, 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 and crazy like this,
1: like, yeah, they do. They do well. They do well. So, oh, so Lauren 2022, 2022 oh. predictions.
2: Oh goodness. Give it to Either. us. Um,
1: interest rates.
2: Yeah. Well, okay. So I sadly do need to run really quickly, but um, the, the one thing I'll leave on interest rates, cause I do know a thing or two about mortgages is the, um, all of the speculation right now, and all of the headlines. Our interest rates are on the rise, and things are crazy. Um, but I mean, they're they're going up by ten basis points right now, right? Like they're they're going up very slowly. Um, will they go? I I don't have a macroeconomic ball, right? Like if inflation occurs, like it is, it's going to occur across Europe. It's going to occur across the rest of the world. It's going to occur across North America. What's interesting and scary for those people looking at real estate prices is in times of inflation, you want to own real things, apple orchards, (laughs) but you want to own real estate, gold. Like those are the ones that perform the best when inflation rises. So as much as some people say, oh, well, if interest rates go up, the whole housing market's going to crash. Well, actually interest rates are going to go up because of inflation, which means real things like food and housing are getting more expensive. Um, Put it there. So the other piece right now is I think what the first- Between the
1: lines. Prices right? are
2: going up. Always going yeah. up. Yeah. Prices
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, and the- rates. Prices and
3: yeah. rates are going up. Prices and rates. I think
2: yeah. so.
1: Yeah.
3: When, but when I don't did- think the
2: rates are going to go up that much this year. Like everybody's worried about it right now, but things are going up right now by like ten base again. So that's point 0.1%. On you can still get one percent mortgages right now. Right? You yeah. can like, the variable spread right now is a good time to go variable, but um you know your average five year fixed from two thousand to twenty ten was like three point nine six. We are a long way away from that.
1: Yeah. And with
2: the stress test at around five points right now, like everybody can afford for it to go up a little bit more and still be able to hold their properties. So it's
1: just a couple days end is yeah, the end is not in sight at least for now.
3: If you qualified for, for- If you qualified for a mortgage with the stress test Mm -hmm. and then you go to refinance, Mm
0: -hmm. you
3: had that spread before, but do you, do you get to eat into that spread or do you have to qualify for even further?
2: Great question. So it used to be that the spread moved, um, but now that it's actually just, um, it's some, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth, but it's actually, it's a kind of, not, it's not going to be capped, but it's more that it, it used to move automatically as um, the banks moved their rates, but now it requires an actual movement and there's no talk of that moving. So obviously we're not gonna have a time where if interest rates jumped stratospherically up to like 6%, the stress test will be higher than that, (laughs) the whole point, but it's more that right now interest rates are going up a little bit and there's no talk of them moving the stress test and it doesn't happen
1: automatically. Not changing their qualifying rate right now. Not right now. So Lauren, I know you got to go. So for all the people listening, uh, check out Lauren at Zucasa.com. That's her company. And uh, you know, if you're a buyer or seller, go and check them out. If you're an agent looking to join a fantastic brokerage and team, you can, I'm sure there's a button on that website for you to get some more information as well. If you're listening to our show, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We love comments. We love uh, chat and Apple iTunes podcast reviews. Thanks guys.
3: Yeah, well done TK, what yeah. a outro.